1: but so Darren
2: it's a big episode because we have been teasing for quite a few weeks actually
1: too much we've been teasing too much about i
2: know this. you're actually right about that we've people are probably like what the hell are they even going to be talking about let's get right into it cuz it's a yes. big announcement we said on Thursday's another shot that we would be making a big announcement about the future of martinis and murder so, Darren, let's do this. There's there's good news, and then there's some mm, not-so-good news. So let's do the not-so-good news first, if that works yeah. for you. By the way, Matt is here as well, we should mention. Hello. Hello, Matt. Yes. Okay, so the not-so-good news, when you hear it at first, is that after four years, martinis and murder is ending. But there's good news, so don't get upset. Don't gasp.
1: This is at the time where I'd hit Megan's, like, uh, sound effects machine, and I'd, it would probably be, like, clapping, and I would get it wrong.
2: And then you'd get um, it all wrong. That's okay, though.
1: Well, first we want to tell you that there's no sad or really nefarious reason for it ending. No. It's simply that our contracts are up. We just chose not to renew with oxygen. That's kind of just a straightforward business decision. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's – that's. there's nothing bad happening in the background God, here. No.
1: God, no. I mean, still being with Matt is bad, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that sucks.
2: sucks that he's still here after all these years. Can't get out of that one. (laughs)
1: Yeah, unfortunately. That's a lifetime contract, yes.
2: Yeah, sadly. So we will be releasing, however, a proper goodbye episode next Sunday, February 7th. That is strictly devoted to you guys, the fans. We're going to celebrate all four years of the show. We're working on that right now. We're really excited about that. It's basically going to be, like, Darren, would you say, like, another shot, basically? But, like... On steroids in a sense.
1: It's, yes, because it's gonna not be just our personal lives, but everything culminated <laughs> kind of over the last four years. So you're definitely gonna want to listen con. in.
2: And yeah, listen, everything. if there's something
1: that you guys wanna shout out, please let us know because we're oh, always going to idea. hear from you. But let me get on to the good news, okay? Because yes. you've brought the room down and it's my <laughs> turn to butter them up. So the good news is that although Martini's and murder is ending Me, Matt, and John are not ending. We didn't die, which is great. You can go to our social accounts now where we will have even bigger news that you are hearing about right now.
2: That's right. So that even bigger news than what you're hearing right now will be announced next Sunday, February 7th. We might even, Darren, be giving clues to what is leading up to the announcement, but only on our social media. So you're going to want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, J Thrasher Carpe Darren. You know, we're going to be playing around with you guys, to be honest, leading up to February 7th. That's all we're going to say.
1: And we would never leave you guys high and dry. We yeah. love this community so much. We're just so excited about what's next for us. We want you to come along. We think you're going to love it.
2: Absolutely. If you
1: love this show, you're going to want to stay with us uh, for our next endeavor. But Matt, but I almost said Matt. but John, I am not Matt. Uh, you are clearly not. You are much better <laughs> looking than that guy. But I oh, do think you. we should get into the case this week because it's it's an important one. And I, you know. Yeah, we're still on Martinis and Murder right now, so let's do this.
2: Absolutely, it's Martinis and Murder. We can't just you know talk about ourselves for twenty-four hours a day. You know what I mean? I mean we
1: can, but that's not. Oh,
2: trust us. Give right. us a microphone, and we will talk. We have forever. the
1: ability to. We just. Right.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this week's episode and just really dive in, Darren, and enjoy another murder case here. By the way, I somebody was complaining about us not drinking recently. Oh. I just want to. I just want to say that listen when you're home alone it's so much easier to drink yourself into oblivion so i have been keeping up with coffee you know we're recording these in the middle of the day i do have some brown sugar bourbon which i've talked about extensively on the show i have a little sip of it here for in between takes i just want to put that out but next week's goodbye episode we're going to be drinking like crazy
1: oh i think we're going to do a shot like ever i think we should do a <laughs> shot every 15 minutes yeah right but also when Matt fucks up, so we'll be really hammered we'll by the drunk. end of that. I yeah. have decided today, and you're not gonna get the crisp, like ooh, tsk,
2: ah, type okay. of thing, because it's yeah. out of a
1: bottle. I'm that was drinking a good sound
2: effect, by the way.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I yeah. am drinking a Mick Ultra today, people. And and I know what you're <laughs> thinking, Darren. You have so much oh, dear. class. Yeah. You are so put together. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mick Ultra doesn't definitely deserve you. Say. But I got to say, Nadine and I have been kind of interested in having a beer every night, a light beer uh, okay. before dinner, and it's been wonders. And so I'm going to keep into that family. So for all of you out there, cheers, bitches.
2: Cheers, bitches. There you go.
1: And by the way, I just want to say for the record, I'm not getting paid to promote my Michelob Ultra. I just happen to really like it. I'm just a fan. I just want that to be stated clearly, John.
2: All right, Darren, take a drink of that and we're going to keep the show going. Matt's with us today. Megan's recording for us today. The whole family is here. So let's keep it going. All right. Katie Bellflower lived in Livermore, a small town 40 miles away from San Francisco. Her parents got divorced and her dad lived in Texas. She spent some time going back and forth. A crime writer told Killer Couples, quote, she felt extremely powerless. You feel out of control of your own life, your past back and forth. People decide what should happen to you. It's not pretty. End quote.
1: You know, that's, I think, the hard thing, and I think that's why parents are so, even if it's kind of a better thing for the relationship and for your kids to get divorced, it's Mm. the time that you're struggling with with the kids that's really hard, you know, and it can feel like you don't have any stability.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, my my parents split up when I was very 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 young, like 3 or 4. Did
1: you feel that when you were that young? Um, was it was it hard or?
2: Not at the not at that time. No. I mean, but relating to this though, you know, like through what elementary and middle school it was a lot of sort of ping-ponging and although you know at the time it was confusing I guess you could say is the best way to put it I eventually got used to it it's like it's almost like you don't know any better for me at least and you know my family I was lucky that both sides of my family got along so there was not a lot of drama but that's obviously not the case for everybody
1: no unfortunately not
2: Yeah, well, in school, she had a hard time making friends and didn't do great academically. But by the time she got to high school, she realized she had one advantage. Her looks. Katie was really, yeah, not something I think that um, I personally, oh, actually, I was a lot more handsome in high school than I was now. Oh, Um, sweetie, you're handsome. (laughs) Get out of here. You got the man bun. That's right. I have a man the mun, bun though, guys. The if you will. Yeah, the, the man. mun. Katie was really pretty. She realized she could use her sexuality to control boys, but she didn't want an actual relationship with any of them.
1: She sounds a little bit like me, <laughs> minus, minus the pretty.
2: I was like, do I say that? But Darren, I think you might be right.
1: So you agree. So you think I'm really pretty. I, okay, I cool. do think you're Moving pretty. on you're gorgeous. Oh, thanks, honey. I'm just teasing.
2: Once she won one boy over, she'd be on to her next conquest, so to speak. By the summer of twenty twenty two, she'd grown it's twenty twenty two. That would be by
1: the summer of twenty twenty
2: two. I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. You know, I admit if we're not gonna cut this part. No, I let's stayed keep until, it. I, I stand up until one oh. thirty uh, in the morning doing this. Literally I was so no one tired. cares about your
1: play. No one's <laughs> okay, no Yep. Yeah, no one thanks. But I'm glad by the summer of 22 she grew tired <laughs> of dealing with high school boys because, frankly, uh, I think by the summer of 2022 for me, I can safely say that as well.
2: Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Matt, what summer was it if it's not next summer? Just Is it curious.
1: 2002?
2: 2002, Matt? It, it could be it's
0: somewhere <laughs> between 2000 and 2003, I
2: would Okay, so sometime guess. in the early 2000s Great. Um, yes. She had grown tired of dealing with high school boys- And found a new challenge. Thanks, Matt. By the way, glad we're doing this. uh, Yes, really happy. Um, Really happy about it. Um, High school boys and found a new challenge when she met twenty-year-old Mike Simons, a crime writer. Said, "Quote: He was a rough, tough guy. He was handsome. He was masculine. And quote: All the things you would never say about me. I'm not rough. I'm not tough. Definitely not."
1: Girls love a bad boy, we've seen this theme. So do Girls guys. love a bad boy.
2: So do the gays. Born in 1982 in Livermore, Mike's mom and dad weren't around while he was growing up. He stayed with family members but grew bitter over his family situation. Mike began to act out as a teen leading to multiple run-ins with law enforcement. A crime writer said, "Quote, he was impulsive, confused, enraged, and ashamed." Right from the beginning, he was told, You are nothing. You are nothing. End quote. And.
1: Oh, God. This sounds a little uh, Ed Kempery. I thought the saying, same thing.
2: Yes. That's it's exactly It's a little what Ed Kempery
1: where it's like parents, you know, make you look like you're like fucking yeah. shit. And Yeah. It's, Not a good thing, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, Mike tried to enlist in the military, but was turned down because of his criminal record. While feeling rejected by his parents and his country, he at least had better luck with girls who seemed to be quite attracted to him. Mike was having a lot of casual hookups, but wanted something deeper, and that's when he began to run into Katie Bellflower. A reporter said, quote, She started flirting with him. Here's a beautiful girl. Mike likes it. He's starting to get all these signals from Katie, end quote. The two started to spend time together, and things got serious fast. They bonded over both having come from unhappy family situations. Listen, if that's one good thing that can come from from an unhappy family situation is that you can bond with another person over it, then that's something.
1: Absolutely. I do think maybe nowadays, too, with having the community and the social media that we have, I hope that kids feel less isolated with that. Because for there's sure. probably that's a good so point. many. I hope so, at least. I can't speak for for certain, but I just hope that they feel like they have more of a community about, built around them and yeah. everything. Yeah,
2: that's a good point. Take a drink of your... Did I say what did I just say? A good put. A good what? a
1: good put. What take the, the drink fuck of is
2: going put. on? Take a drink of your, puts. Oh, yeah, take a drink of your put. Oh, there's that Irish accent. Yes, <laughs> um, that's a good point, Darren. Take a drink of your Michelob Light or whatever you're drinking.
1: Ultra your bitch. Ultra. <laughs> Ultra.
2: Well, for 17 year old Katie, landing a boyfriend two years out of high school was the ultimate conquest. Dude, and she yes. Did, yeah, <laughs> you relate to that? Okay, well,
1: that's I mean, good. come on. Like in high school, no, it's it. all about yeah. age. You know, it's like, ooh, a college boy. You know what right, I mean? So I right, right, right. That being so alluring to her.
2: You know, it's so funny the way you say that because I think for gay boys, you know, it's a whole different you know it's like we're just trying to like find other gay guys that would that might be interesting and then go from there i mean straight people just have such a different Sort of filter, I guess you could say about what the goal is, if that makes sense. Well,
1: and I also think you know women mature faster, and that's one of the reasons why that's they true. try and date a little bit older. You know, I mean, it takes a yeah. little, it takes time for some men to kind of grow out of their uh, immaturity, yeah, no, and and women notice sure. it quicker. You know,
2: yeah, yeah, totally. Well, she didn't want to move on to any other boy uh, this time. She was very hung up on him. Let's put it right. that way.
1: So on October 7th, 2002, 911 received a call about a car engulfed Ooh. in flames in the middle of a parking lot in Sacramento. Okay. Sacramento. <laughs> Sacto.
2: Sactown. It looks like we are in 2002, not 2022. Just putting it up. There.
1: I'm so happy that we have determined that we can't predict <laughs> the future on this podcast. I'm glad it yes. took 200 something episodes. Also,
0: <laughs> also, Darren, it's Sactown.
2: Not, I'm not
1: as a lesbian. I can't say Sacktown. Like it, it, it's like John saying <laughs> vagina. Like I'm not allowed. I would
2: love to go to Sacktown. Constitutionally,
1: well that is. I can't. Like yeah. even the lawyers on the line are gonna be like, yeah, Darren can't legally say Sacktown. Yeah, no, yeah, we gotta
2: yeah, cut yeah. that. So gotta got that.
1: Well, the car belonged to an elderly woman in Livermore. When police gave her a call, she said that while the car was registered in a name, it actually belonged to her granddaughter, 17-year-old Jenna Nanetti. Now, the grandmother said Jenna hadn't returned home from the previous night, and she hadn't heard from her husband either. She became quite worried at that point because she had received an odd voicemail the day before. And in this voicemail, Jenna, her granddaughter, said, quote, I probably got a concussion. I just got hit upside the head with a fucking baseball bat or whatever the fuck it was. I need your help. Call me.
2: Oh my God! What a voicemail! Not,
1: I mean, not like let alone for a, like a parent to hear, but a grandparent. Like, right? That's terrifying. He does not a friend. I'd be like, "What's going on?" Now Jenna's yeah. grandmother tried to reach her, but her calls went straight to Jenna's voicemail. Already, I'm panicking. My heart. Me I, so. I got to take another sip of my Mick ultra. Go ahead. Okay, good. I'm taking a swig.
2: <laughs> go ahead. Take a quick swig, Darren. I'm gonna vamp <sighs> okay. for you while you're. Yeah, no, okay, I'm back. Good. I'm back. All I'm right, back. you're back. All right. Here now, we go.
1: police asked for Jenna's husband' name, and it was 20 year old. Mike Simons of Livermore. Oh. A person under the age of eighteen can get married in California with their guardian's consent. Apparently, it changes state by state. Oh. I actually don't know yeah. what it is in New York City, but I do know that there are some places where you can get married as young as, like, I want to say, fourteen in this country.
2: Yeah, it's something wild like that, like, like in Arkansas know. or something. But yeah, and in <laughs> California,
0: they have to have permission, but the court also has to grant it, and the court can say, "Oh, uh, oh, that's at good discretion."
1: Interesting. Okay, Look so if they could, maybe maybe they could tidbit. sense like some foul play or something was going on mm-hmm. so the court ran. So it's just like another line of Of a barrier to make sure no one's being coerced. Oh, right. Well, Mike and Jenna had actually moved in with her grandmother until they could get on their feet. Again, they're pretty young. And Jenna's grandmother had given her and Mike a Mustang as a wedding present, which was really fun. The honeymoon, unfortunately, didn't last long, though. Two weeks after being married, Jenna learned Mike was having an affair with her former high school classmate, Katie Bellflower, which you were talking about, John. Now, about Katie, a sheriff's surgeon said, quote, she seemed to have a habit of setting her sights on the boyfriends of other girls. Oh, she's one of
2: those. Well,
1: she likes a bad boy. You know, there is a sort of pattern here, at least what we're seeing (laughs) with what we know, of, you know, wanting something you can't have that's very alluring and that's very easy to fall into, especially as a teenager.
2: I completely agree. She um, could have been in the Bad Girls Club. Oh, I love Bad Girls Club. Uh,
1: Uh, R.I.P. Bad Girls Club. Yeah, I know. that. Yeah.
2: Good point, Matt. Take a drink. Jenna wanted to make her marriage work with Mike. She was willing to forgive him, but she needed him to recommit to his wedding vows, which is interesting. You know, I don't know that you need somebody to do that. I mean, it is, I guess maybe it's 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 just more mentally. It's, yeah, Yeah. it's a
1: symbol, I think, of that. Um, And I think, you know, maybe a reminder for him that he took a vow, you know, and that's very important. that's true.
0: But if you need to recommit after a couple months, (laughs) that might not be a good sign.
1: Or yep. that that's the terms of conditions for this girl to forgive you. That might not be a good sign. Yeah.
2: Right, right, right. Well, he seemed to be on board going back to his wife. Mike was also dependent on Jenna. He had a job, but he didn't make much money. So he relied on his on the money Jenna made, plus what her grandmother provided them. So now Now the grandmothers,
1: yeah. This is so crazy because we kind of saw this in last week's case too, right? It's like the man is dependent on the woman, which is fine. You know, women, that's fine. Happens in reverse all the time. But then like you're going to cheat on this person who's literally your lifeline to like getting some sort of, some semblance of normalcy in your life. Like it just, these people, I just, Lord. (laughs)
2: Lord. Lord. Well, And author said, quote, with Jenna, he could have a life and a means of support, whereas Katie didn't have a job. She didn't have a house to live in. All Katie could offer was sex, end quote. And, yeah, I mean, we don't have to dissect that too much, but it is a thing that I think partners do. You do kind of assess the overall living condition that comes with, you know, any particular partner. And it looks like for him, he had a clear, clear path forward with one of them.
1: And, you know, I think with that, and even though I think there is more support maybe with Jenna, especially cause they were married pre, you know, and, 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 and supporting each other. But I do think that like, listen, when you have sort of two relationships and while one is supporting you, uh, that also comes with a lot of stress, a lot of financial stress, a lot of reminders of that. And Katie saying, you know, all Katie could offer was sex. Well, that's a big thing, especially for men, you know, and that's a big, like, risk-free type of life you know that feels very fun especially when you're that young.
2: No that's such a great point. take another drink of that Michelob oh I will light. baby I will. One theory was that Katie bellflower was used to leaving guys not used to guys leaving her and maybe she'd taken it out on Mike and or Jenna because Mike was also missing. but police also learned from Jenna's sister that Jenna was so devastated by Mike's affair that she was actually thinking about running away Oh wow. Yeah, so could she have tried to burn her own car and attempt to cover up her tracks? That's definitely Hmm. something I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. A sheriff's detective said, quote, maybe she wanted uh, to disappear to just get away from all the drama involving Michael, end quote. That's another
1: thing, too. That's certainly a thought. Letting it blow up on its own and taking a step back away from the drama, you know? It's a way to control your own narrative here.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Police got a break when Mike finally returned a call they'd left on his cell. He said he'd be happy to talk and give them the address where he was staying. Interestingly, he was staying with Katie Bellflower. The house belonged to Katie's mother. Oh boy, lots of different... (laughs) Okay, so
1: he says that he wants to go back to his wife, Jenna. Jenna kind of goes missing and he dumps Katie for Jenna, but now he's staying with Katie. So the plot sort of thickens here. And Mike said he and his wife had patched things up for a while, but it just didn't work. Mike turned back to Katie when he and his wife began having problems again. I'm kind of surprised here from what we know that Katie would agree to take him back too, because I would think that she'd be so butthurt that a guy could leave her. Now, Mike also told police that he and Katie still kept in touch and said he, she'd swung by their house to sort some stuff out the night she went missing. The two had talked on the porch. That was the last he'd seen of her. After she left the same night, Mike had received a strange voicemail from Jenna and it was similar to the vague message she'd left for her grandmother. Describing the message, an author said, quote, she didn't say who she was fighting with or even what the fight was about. All she said was that she'd been assaulted and then she hung up. Oh, God. Well, Jenna's friends, though, had a different story. They said Mike and Jenna had never worked things out. They said Mike had insisted on a divorce so that he could be with his true love, Katie Bellflower, which makes more sense of why he would be with Katie today... Yeah. And, and Katie being so amenable to quote unquote taking him back because he never had to take him back. He was always with her. Now, <laughs> right. apparently, he had never stopped seeing Katie, but he had seen her behind his wife's back for a while. And when Jenna found out he was still cheating, he was honest with her, saying he wanted a divorce because he was in love with Katie. So we're getting some honesty from him, at least what we're seeing. According to court documents, though, that we reviewed, Mike had been furious that Jenna wouldn't grant him a divorce. And he told an acquaintance that he would quote unquote take care of her. Oh, dear. Not looking good. Uh, Take care of her is not in... Doesn't seem to be the type of thing of like, Mm. you know, I'll provide for her. You know, it seems more of like a uh, I, you know, oh, I'll take care of that thing. Don't worry about this. You know, it'll go away real soon.
2: This is not like Thursday's Another Shot where you took care of Nadine by taking her to a very cold dinner. It's not like that. It's I, and,
1: and, and, and I'm not sure Nadine would describe it as taking care no. of her that night. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I think she would not. describe it more, Darren took care of me that night as opposed to <laughs> Darren took care of me that night. You know, to see the emphasis? Yeah. yeah. I think you that's, did, you you, you nearly
2: murdered her by by cold. But that's fine. It's Certainly
1: whatever. I stopped her bloodstream at some point. For Whether sure, that was right. me or the real feel of 17 degrees, you may never uh,
2: know. you guys have to listen to another shot from Thursday if you don't know. Yes, what we're it's my
1: about. sad attempt at being romantic and it was a bust. <laughs> so, from a law enforcement perspective, Katie mm. had won the battle for Mike's love, so Honestly, like, my mind goes, what would have been her motive to kill Jenna, you know, or hurt her in any way? Then again, if Jenna was refusing to grant Mike a divorce, maybe both Mike or Katie wanted her out of the way...
2: Yeah. By the way, I love this the police coming to get you, by the way, in the background.
1: Well, I think it Nadine finally called them on me <laughs> and I, say. I tried to kill her from my date. So this is her yeah. revenge and she was like, I'm gonna wait until they do Martini's and murder <laughs> to make this happen. Uh, yeah. well Katie She though, is a
2: producer after all. She knows the effect. She of makes shit
1: it happen, yeah. Yeah. Katie had an alibi. She'd been at home with Mike. The entire night, so, quote-unquote, they essentially alibied each other out, the prosecutor said, which makes sense. Like, they can't cancel each other out. Someone else has to prove that they were together. It wasn't—and it wasn't just Mike and Katie. They claimed they were also with a good friend, Jeff Hamilton, who was like a brother figure to Katie, and Jeff confirmed this story. Okay? Okay.
2: All right. So there's a lot of complications here, but I think I'm following along, Darren. On October 19th, 2002, not
1: 2022,
2: a man was fishing in the San Joaquin Valley when he noticed a foul odor coming from a patch of woods. It was a body that had clearly been hidden in the underbrush. The sheriff's department responded and determined the remains had been there for days or even weeks.
1: This is very stand-by-me, and, like, I don't want to go fishing. and I just – I don't want to discover a body. I really just – I'm set.
2: I think I'm about set. that. There's a trail um, in Maryland where I would walk or bike in the summers, and every time Ooh. I'm on it, I'm like, I'm nervous about what I'm going to see here.
1: Well, yeah, or, like, you know yeah. – Anyway, I mean, to some extent, I guess it'd be good to discover any hidden thing, you know, because maybe the case would be solved. But it's it's eerie and terrifying.
2: Well, with this case, it's so disturbing that not even the victim's gender could be determined. The exact location of the body, according to the court documents, is the Lower Jones Island in the Delta. Matt, can you give us a little bit more context around this, potentially?
0: Yeah, so I love this case because I grew up right by the Delta. Yeah. So I grew up in, oh. in South Sacramento, actually in a town that's now not even part of Sacramento, but it's 10 minutes down the road from the Delta. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to say the California Delta, it's its its where the Sacramento and San Joaquin rivers come together. I see. Okay. Um, and it's, a, it's kind of a magical place. It's below sea level, and oh. these deltas have been built up over time. And this was, like, oh. 150 years ago or something. It's crazy. Like, it when you were through, a like, young
2: man, you're saying? Yeah, a young yeah. buck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <running> a young buck, literally. A literal
0: young buck, yes. And foraging. Um, but, yeah, so, and so, like, these deltas were built up over time, and there's a lot of waterways. So, like, water is coming from the ocean, I
2: think, mm-hmm.
0: And it's very marshy, and then there, there are, like, these sort of riverways, but it's all very kind of narrow. Yeah. And if you drive through the delta, you're driving on top of the deltas that were built, for the most part. And mm. there are these weird little towns, but, like, honestly, like, it's one of my favorite places. The towns are so weird. Some of them are, <laughs> you know, it's like population- 270 people you know? it's <laughs> Oh like, my god it's, They're so like backwoods Crazy it's so not. there's not
1: a lot of people there essentially There's
0: not a lot of people You could drive for 10 minutes and not see a car But you could also drive for 10 minutes Not see a car And then see some kind of crazy Like mm. bar That looks like <laughs> Something that you would see in Europe Or something You know, that has, like, the weirdest little scene in it. It's such a bizarre place. And anyway, the Delta is a major source of water for central and southern California.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um,
0: So, like, a lot of the water, you know, goes from northern California, which, like, Sacramento's, I guess, northern California. And then and then, you know, past Stockton, Modesto, et cetera, and, it, and it's like the Delta's piping the water in. Anyway, how to say that. That's <laughs> no, that's good to... we got good a to lesson on s- water. Yeah, so it's, a g-
1: it's good to set the scene, but I think, you know, the point yeah, is, is like, these are very remote areas, and yes. you know, there's obviously a lot of swampy marsh there, and, and John, I'm not sure you said this, but, you know, you said the victim's gender couldn't be determined, but the body yeah. was too decomposed of where it was yeah. to be identifiable, and that's why the right. victim's gender couldn't be determined. I just want to make that clear, based on Matt's uh, details of the area,
2: yeah, it sounds like that. And also, you know, I just keep thinking about deltas and swamps, and I'm like, you know, they're so complicated with their sort of the, you know, the water and the underbrush and all of the different kind of. What's the word I'm looking for? Like geological ecosystems that are happening yeah. there. So like anytime I'm near one of them, I'm always like, oh, is there a bot You know, there, there yeah. has to be bodies in that. Totally. I just wonder if like local, you know, investigators know how to thoroughly sort of go through that stuff whenever people go up missing because it just seems like an obvious place to dump a body, sadly.
1: Yeah, unfortunately.
2: Um, Yeah, well, looking into the missing person's database, detectives had a hunch that the remains belonged to 17-year-old Jenna Nanetti, and dental x-rays confirmed that they were right. According Uh. to court documents, Jenna had been shot in the chest by a shotgun at close range. Uh. A prosecutor said, quote, there are no witnesses to the murder. There's no witnesses to even indicate where Jenna was in the last few hours of her life. There's just no information at all, end quote. And as, of course, you could expect, the case had stalled. But then in the spring of 2003, not far from Livermore, a park patrol officer was making routine rounds when he saw two teenagers kneeling down beside another who was laying on her back. The mm-hmm. officer said, quote, I realized that the people that were kneeling down next to this person were both wearing blue latex gloves, end quote. So in my eyes, I'm seeing there's clearly some kind of doctor or whatever happening here. An author said, quote, latex gloves are generally worn by doctors and people who commit murder. And these two, they certainly weren't doctors. Right. End quote. It was a young man and a young woman who'd been kneeling. And the young man explained that their friend was sick. They didn't want to get a mess on their hands.
1: And let me just state, this is pre-COVID. So people just don't have <laughs> latex gloves, That's like, true. in their bag. Or at least I, I would know. imagine they don't. You know, nowadays it's like, okay, you see a person have gloves, like, yeah, no shit. But back then, no chance.
2: Yeah. And that's such a good point, actually, because we've, we're have we so used to this sort of pandemic world that that is a great kind of thing to point out, Darren. I agree yeah. with you. But you and John, when you go out with me, have gloves. Well, that's just because whatever's going on with you, we definitely don't want to catch. I don't want just... whatever
1: fungus you're carrying around, Matt. That's <laughs> yeah, like, protection for us. No offense here. Yes, but. yeah
2: yeah um (laughs) no
1: offense you have a fungus yes exactly
2: no offense no offense yeah um the officer asked the young lady lying on the ground if she was okay and she sat up and said yes the officer checked their ids her name was aspen lum which is a very unique name Mm -hmm. the officer let her two friends accompany her home their names were jeff hamilton and katie bellflower
1: Okay, so the, the plot thickens Breaking even news. more. And Lum was, Lum was a 17-year-old student who went to the same school as Katie. The officer got a message from dispatch shortly after this happened. Aspen Lum's parents had called the police after Katie and Jeff had dropped her back at home. Aspen told killer couples, quote, My mom opened the door and she was like, what happened? And I was like, they tried to kill me and I just kind of broke down.
2: Oh my God.
1: Whoa, the officer drove around and ended up catching up with Jeff and Katie's car. Aspen had been frozen with fear and in shock When the officer had checked on her, wouldn't we all be? She explained that she'd gone with Katie and Jeff to the park to drink some whiskey, and the three were talking, and then, quote, all of a sudden, there was a rope around my neck. And Jeff was strangling her. She fought back, but Katie was also helping to hold her down while Jeff was strangling her. Whoa. Aspen said, quote, she was holding me down on the ground, and I was just thinking, you know, this is going to be the end of me. How could she not think that? You know, there's two against one. Yeah. Katie had been holding her hands away so that Aspen couldn't get the rope off her neck and that's when the patrol officer happened to come driving by. That is oh. a stroke from God. Now Aspen's Definitely. story was backed up by the ligature marks on her neck. And at the station Jeff made a confession. Here's a snippet from the audio transcription. Um uh I'll be Jeff and you be the officer? Okay, sure. All right, so I'm Jeff, you're the officer. Katie told me that what she wanted to do is as soon as the Aspen looked either drunk or actually passed out from it, then that's what she wanted me to sneak up on Aspen.
2: Okay. And sneak up and do what? Strangle her. Scene. Scene.
1: Good job. What Good a, job.
2: Y- how is it being a, a man in that moment, Darren? As you shockingly very him. easy.
1: Uh, shockingly <laughs> very easy for me. Yeah. My yeah. balls just need to drop and then I'll be fine. <laughs> when Katie was confronted uh. with Jeff's, I know, you love me. Uh, When Katie was confronted with Jeff's confession, she said that it was true. She tried to kill Aspen, and the reason was because she just learned that Aspen was cheating Uh. with her boyfriend, Mike Simons. So she also said something. She decided to try and kill Aspen Lum because she'd already gotten away with killing Jenna Uh. Nanetti six months prior. Uh.
2: Okay, that's good that she just went ahead and said that.
1: Yeah.
0: Could I also interrupt? Yeah, of course. And just say something, however attracted these young women are to Mike Simons, he's not that good. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, clearly. What is going on here? What is He he was married six months ago. He was having an affair (laughs) two weeks after. He's having an affair on his girlfriend
2: after that three months after. I just, what?
1: Right. And why is Jeff getting involved? Okay, anyway.
2: Yeah, it's very odd. Well, Katie told police, quote, me and Mike were talking about it one day, and we agreed that the only way to get the drama out of our lives was to get rid of her, end quote. Natural Listen, thought. Guys, We've we had
1: talked that thought about, about Matt over the years. <laughs> we
2: <We've laughs> right. decided
1: against it because we want to have a life. But like, yeah, was it fair. a thought? Yes, it was a thought.
2: We need to let the listeners know we have someone to beat up on. That's why we kept him around. Precisely. Well, Mike also believed as Jenna's husband, he'd get her Darren wait for it- $100,000 life insurance policy uh, if she were to die. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Mike and Katie planned to get married and buy a house with the money. The night of Jenna's murder, Mike had lured her over to Katie's house so the two could allegedly talk about their relationship.
1: I can't believe they lured Jenna over to Katie's house. That that is very weird. so wild to me.
2: Well, after a while, they got a little hot and heavy. Jenna thought Mike wanted to repair their marriage, and they began to kiss. But kissing was an agreed-upon sign for Katie, who'd been waiting inside with a baseball bat, to act.
0: They were on the front porch. They never went inside the house. Oh, that's right. right. right.
2: They're on the front porch. So Katie came out and hit Jenna over the head. The hit was supposed to knock Jenna out. Instead, Jenna was pissed.
1: Yeah, no shit.
2: (laughs) I think I would be, too, if I were Jenna. A little bit.
1: A little bit, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, despite being disoriented and bleeding, Jenna full-on attacked Katie. Pretending to be surprised by Katie hitting Jenna with the bat, Mike managed to separate the two, and then he told Jenna he was going inside the house to get help. At this point, if I'm Jenna, I'm like, uh, what is going on here? Well, at um, this point,
1: like Mike's separating them. like, Why don't you go after the girl who's carrying, wielding a fucking baseball bat well, after right. you're trying to reconcile with her? That would tip me off. Hello.
2: Yeah. But what he really did was tell Katie and Jeff to go out to a place in the Delta called Whiskey Whiskey Sloths. I hope I'm saying that right as I stumble through it. Yeah. Katie told police, quote, Mike told her that he knew where I'd be hiding and if she wanted to go beat my ass, he'd hold me for her and she agreed to do it, end quote. But it was a trap. Mike asked Jenna to hang tight, went to Jeff's car, and took out a shotgun. Mike went back towards their Mustang and shot Jenna once. She fell on the ground and yelled, please, Mike, don't, according to court documents. Ugh, that's Mm. so heartbreaking. Also, according to court documents, quote, she was on her back trying to push herself away when defendant fired a second time. Jenna screamed, and the defendant fired again. Which that
1: that makes sense that she was shot at close range.
2: Yes, exactly. Katie told police Mike shot her six times to make sure that she was dead. By the time Jeff saw Jenna, court documents say quote, her chest was blown open and the skin on her neck was peeled back and quote, very disturbing. Mike, Katie, and Jeff then drove off in both cars, eventually setting Jenna's car on fire so that it couldn't be proved Mike had been riding in it. Mike was also under the impression the police might think that Jenna had been in the car. All three were charged in the murder of Jenna Nanetti. Katie and Jeff had already been charged with the attempted murder of Aspen Lum.
1: It just doesn't make sense, like, why Katie would... Like, this is... It's a little nature-nurture That here. is like, weird. Yeah, yeah. Why is Katie... Like, why would she go there? Uh, well... After she was arrested, police found out Katie was pregnant with Mike's baby, and prosecutors worried a jury would go too easy on a pregnant 17-year-old, but with her full confession already on the table, Katie decided to plead guilty to everything in 2005. Doesn't make much sense for her to try and get out of it now. Taking her age, however, into consideration, a judge sentenced Katie Bellflower to 25 years to life, according to the East Bay Times. Mike also went on trial in 2005, and he claimed Jeff Hamilton was the one who pulled the trigger because he had an obsessive crush on Katie and would have done anything for her. Now, we don't know if that's true, but, you know, but the way Jeff and Katie had laid out what had happened matched with the physical evidence collected by police— I mean, it would make sense for me psychologically of why Jeff was even involving himself in the first place if he had an obsessive crush on her, but who knows? Mike Simons got life without parole. So Jeff Hamilton pled guilty to second degree murder and he was sentenced to 15 years to life. In August of 2003, Katie gave birth to a healthy baby girl in prison. The child was put up for adoption. If Mike and Katie had gotten away with Jenna's money, Mike would have received none of her life insurance. It's important to point out because when Jenna found out about his affair with Katie, she switched her grandparents to the beneficiaries. And you know what? I do kind of wonder, like, Had she maybe said that, had Jenna in some, you know, like, fuck you, I'm changing my, I wonder if anything would have changed. Like, I wonder if that really was the motivation or it was just to kind of get the drama out of their lives. We may never know. A sheriff's detective who worked with the case told killer couples, quote, no matter how many times I thought about it over the years and how many other cases I've worked, I have never seen anything so cold, callous, and violent by such young people. I agree.
2: Some of those details, I mean, that those were some of the most gory on our show over the last four years.
1: Well, and the callousness about it and the fact that you're like, they're going to kill another girl. You know what I mean? So it yeah. wasn't just – see, that's the thing that gets it to me. It's not just like, I want to get this girl out of my life because of drama, which wouldn't be yeah. a good excuse anyway. But no, the fact right. that they're going out of the way to kill another girl because, someone, because they were cheating with Mike, it just like – it, it shows stupid. that the, this isn't this is an instinct in these people sometimes, and it's you know yeah. it's 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 tough.
0: That is a good point, point. and also it's just crazy. Like they're they were almost serial killers in the making, right? You know? Like okay, so they would have had two if that weird fluke chance hadn't happened with the officer driving by at that moment, <laughs> right. and that
1: exactly. poor
0: young girl would be dead
1: exactly for
0: sure right now. And then what would have been next? Like Mike's next affair?
1: Well, exactly.
2: That's what I was just going to say. It's like this pattern obviously wasn't going to be changing anytime soon. At least it didn't seem that way.
1: It's just sad all around.
2: It is very sad. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. Follow us everywhere for our even bigger news that's coming later on, you know, on our social media accounts. We'll be back with our final episode, our goodbye episode next Next week. week.
1: Yeah, this was a this was a bad one to end on just because now I'm in like <laughs> right? such a, a fucked up mood. But let's get to listener shout outs and end with a yes. little bit of a positive note. S. Reed 1991 on Twitter said, <laughs> "Happy birthday, mom! Too bad there's a pandemic because we would have done birthday shots for both of our birthdays. Hope you have a great day."
2: Oh, that's really I mean, sweet. Uh,
1: so uh, is that the implication that he, that S. Reed 1991 has the same birthday as you? Because if so, happy I birthday. Think. Happy yeah, they're so
2: happy. Yeah, happy, belated, whatever. Also want to say, you know, I mentioned this on Thursday's episode. I want to shout out all of you kind people who wish me happy birthday on social media. I saw all of them, or at least most of them, and I couldn't respond to each and every one of you, but I really appreciate the love. They're so kind to us, Darren, on our birthdays. We really appreciate that.
1: I know they they're kind to us when it's not our birthdays. So that's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Also, uh, second shout out here, Curly Topher on Instagram, Darren, caught me commenting on an Australian Open tennis tournament post and commented with this, quote, oh, my God, I saw your comment. I'm a total dedicator. Hashtag dedicator. Uh, Vika and Aga are who – they were the people in the post, by the way, tennis players. He says, quote, Matt the bartender would lose to both of them in tennis. I think that's true. Um, Also, at Carpe Darren is a goddess. That's all.
1: art." Oh, Curly Topher. I am into you. Okay, (laughs) now we're talking.
2: By the way, no one's really beating either of those tennis players. They're professionals and they're very, very good. So not don't take it too harshly, Matt. I'm sure he's probably crying in the background right
1: now. Yeah, but. I am I have I am I'm gonna drink to my next McUltra. That's honestly where I am. That's where I'm at this point.
2: That's funny. All right. Well, we will see you guys next Sunday for our final episode of Martini's a murder. We are so excited. Big things are coming for Darren and I, so don't be upset. We're very excited. We're about We're not what's going to
1: come. anywhere. We promise you. We'll That's still be point. mom and dad, no matter what. <laughs> Trust me. You are. If you haven't gotten sick of us yet, there's plenty of time to get sick of us. So don't worry. We can't wait to tell you what's coming next.
2: That's right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.